0: You, I heard, did you? That was me. Oh, <laughs> that <was> me. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, ah. Sorry. Let's
1: try it again.
0: Okay, uh, and we'll breathe.
1: <laughs> hey, welcome to the Jesus Sex and Politics Podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Well, today, Nathan, we've got a great guest in the studio with us. It is one of our favorite campus pastors. So, one of them, uh, because I'm a campus pastor too. So, can I have that? <laughs> uh, pastor Mike Molito, campus pastor of Life Church, Eagle Creek. Mike, welcome to the studio. Thanks. Good guys. to have you, Mike.
0: Thank you. Do you. guys? So do you guys, when you do that intro, you record that fresh every time you do this? Yeah. I assumed it was like recorded once and you just play that intro before. The- no, that would
2: probably be a good idea because the last time we were doing our, our sign out and uh, Micah did my part. I stole, I stole his line. Yeah, he stole my line. Unbelievable. And it was. It was highly yeah, offensive. I, I would, I'm I would, impressed
0: uh, that you do that every time. But it's, it sounds pretty much the same every why. time. That's why I was shocked to see that you were doing that.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how good we are. We're the pro. Over here, Mike. We know what we're doing. I don't. I <laughs> sort of. And,
2: <laughs> I would like to say that, but I had no education on this. That's he right. threw me in the deep end of the pool.
1: That's funny. Well, hey, we. Uh, it's a. We we just celebrated Saint Patty's Day uh, yesterday, so it was. uh hof- hopefully you were wearing green and no one pinched you. Isn't that what Saint Patrick's Day? You. Uh, it's
2: kind of about missions. Okay, actually, uh, it would be about, about uh, being Irish and uh, getting kisses.
1: That's right. That's what I thought. No, you go to Irish. No, pubs, it isn't. You guys are and no malarkey. Scottish. No, is it, is it malarkey? Is it, Irish. It, I, I don't know. This tell us backstory of St Patrick's Day, Nathan, because oh, I feel like you really want to do that. I do.
2: I do. Because because I love I love missions, and uh, St Patrick was actually a Brit, and he was a young teenage guy, and ends up getting uh, captured by the raiding Irish, who take him. He was actually quite wealthy. His, uh his 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 dad was very well off they were positioned in and around the church he had gone to church but never had a relationship with God he was kind of uh, kind of pagan in his own real true heart but he gets dragged off to Ireland and there he becomes a shepherd um, he's treated terribly very very mistreated by his master uh, who threatens to kill him doesn't clothe him you know he's he's freezing but what what happened was he spent a lot of time in prayer and really reaching out to God. He got to know God. He spent tons of time praying for people. When the Lord finally tells him, Hey, uh, this is your chance to escape. tells him there's a ship. It's here. Run for your life. And so he runs, finds the ship exactly at, at in, in the picture that God had put in his mind was exactly what the ship looked like. And he ends up getting on onto the ship and, coming home. Um, and there was all kinds of things that prevented him even in his coming home. The cool thing is, is that he, he, uh, when he gets finally returned to his family, he cannot shake the fact that the Irish are lost. And so he, he gets the education that he needs to, and then tells everybody he wants to go back to the Irish. And they said, well, you'll they'll kill me because they were pagans. And well, they were they pagan. Were- they didn't, they didn't have Christ yet. And so he he gets the the opportunity to become the bishop of Ireland goes over and he's walking in the power of the holy spirit and people are getting saved and he's confronting uh druids he's and he's moving in um, the power of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, like in amazing ways. Like there are, there are demonstrative manifestations of, uh, of the power of God. And P- he's healing the sick. There are stories that said he was raising the dead. And the long and short, in 30 years, well, they say he drives the snakes out of Ireland. Well, there no, are no indigenous snakes to Ireland, there's no fossil record of snakes. So what, what it said is he drives paganism the 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 druid worship he drives that out it can you imagine a missionary being so successful that in the scope of 30 years he literally brings the gospel and christianizes a nation um, he's,
1: he's really bold too
2: incredibly I, bold
1: i like the story when there's the what is it, the high druid priest or the king and there there's no fire supposed to be lit on the hill um higher than him what's that yeah. what's that story well
2: and he he knows full well that the that that on this particular day you cannot light a fire higher than the high king's fire. And so he purposely goes out, finds a hill higher, lights a big bonfire to pick a fight. And then the, the druid comes out and he, he sees it and the high king sees it. And the druid speaks something that turns out to be prophetic. He says, He says, Who lit this? The king says, Who lit this? And the and the and the high druid said, he said, I don't know but whoever did it, if it's not stopped, it will never cease to burn. Hmm. And it's talking about, it was a, pro- a prophecy yeah. through a pagan guy about what Christianity was going to mean. And that's exactly what happened. That They march up to the top of the hill to put him to death. And then there's this confrontation, supernatural confrontation that happens between him and the and, and the uh, and the druid and when he overcomes the druid by feats of a uh, a uh, 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 power in in the in the lord the the high king goes okay I, i'm listening i'm listening <laughs> so it was almost like, like elijah on mount carmel yeah, yeah. that's what it was like that's amazing and so how this turned into green beer leprechauns and 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 <laughs> well, little I was hats say
0: before you know it they were making bars of soap and beer <laughs> that's right but it's not green beer, isn't it? Isn't it the, the stout beer? That that's right. The, yeah, like it is. Yeah, Guinness. That's what I've heard anyway. Yeah. Do you know,
2: that's, that's actually a fascinating uh, a thing. Guinness beer was made. <laughs> it's made, funny that he has no, this. No, listen, this the, is the the cool. This. I might have known this, and okay. that's why I brought it up. Guinness beer, uh, the man Guinness, was praying to God, and he asked the Lord, he said, God, I see alcoholism as a major problem in Ireland. He said, would you show me what I can do? And the Lord dropped the um, the the recipe for Guinness beer into his heart. See and that when reminds me of a spirit filled believer who goes and does this and then and and then you just think the 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 beer's so heavy you can't drink a lot of them. And it actually how, how did. many can you drink? I well,
0: I've never drank. <laughs> But anyway, that's uh, what I'm told. I'm turned, just, I just I'm told that uh, Ben Franklin says beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, did that's, you guys? That's a real quote. Did you
2: guys did ever you saw, see uh, the 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 Robin Hood with? Uh, and tight. No, it was it was the one that was mocking <laughs> that that mocked the. Um, of thieves right and they've got Friar Tuck and he's he's like oh let me tell you about God's bountiful blessing let's discuss beer you know or something (laughs) like that but uh, you know it's destroyed a lot of lives too (laughs) So there's a setup to this beautiful thing
1: <laughs> that Guinness gives us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it destroys a lot of lives hey, too. I'm just so. telling
2: you that sometimes God works in ways you don't you don't imagine. So it's true. little little it's Irish fun. little love little it. Irish history for you. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing.
1: Well, so we hope you had a good uh, St. Patty's Day. We have a we have uh, Pastor Mike Melito in with us today because we want to discuss uh, politics in the church, the role the the role the church should play in the political engagement of our culture, especially here in the United States. And if you know Mike at all, uh, and you follow us on Facebook or on social media, you may have seen Mike and I get into uh, some some debates on online on particular issues when it comes to politics and the church's role within that. So we wanted to have Mike in and say, Mike, tell us your philosophy on the gospel and how to engage in this world. Because really, Jesus, Sex, and Politics is all about engaging the world with the gospel, now, all the world. And and I think we would all agree on that in this room, yeah. that the whole world needs to know, have the gospel and be yeah. filled, filled with the power of the Lord. And so we uh, so we wanted to have you in and just kind of, you know, let's dive into this because there's a lot of believers and Christians and non-Christians who wrestle with this idea of where does the church fit in to this cultural nonsense and crap that's going on i think most people would say there's so much crap in our culture right now some people would say crud well crud (laughs) some people would say other words that you probably have to have a guinness or two before you say those words (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah so we want to so we want to dive into that so so mike what's why don't you just kind of open us up here with your thoughts on this so you know when you think politics in the church what kind of comes to your mind and where where do you go from there
0: uh, well, I think you have to start with uh, with really with purpose. Um, you know what you think your purpose is in this world, and uh, you know my primary purpose, and I would I would say probably in general, uh, not to overgeneralize, but in general in ministry, our, our primary purpose is to is to be the manifestation of the of the prayer. You know, Thy Kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and and so my purpose primarily is is kingdom purpose. It's the kingdom of heaven. And even using the word kingdom is so foreign to this world and especially this generation that you have to explain like, no, not an earthly kingdom, um, you know, with an earthly corrupt king, but a, 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 a kingdom that, um, that transcends this world with a perfect king. That's my primary purpose. So I think you have to start there before you get into, okay, now, now, Bringing God's kingdom into this world is different, really, wherever, in in relation to whatever country you're bringing it to. Missionaries will study for years and study languages and cultural things uh, before they go into another country, because bringing God's kingdom there isn't going to be the same as bringing God's kingdom here. Uh, When we were youth pastors, we used to say, hey, we got to be up on youth culture, because we're trying to bring God's kingdom to the youth, you know. We got to be hip, you, you gotta, gotta, be, gotta, you know, and if be you gnarly. find some old pictures of me on Facebook, you oh know, my! <laughs> there is a period of time, and I wasn't the only one where youth pastors thought they were rock stars and they did the hair and everything. <laughs> Write
2: to me at Nathan at IN <laughs> dot com, you don't have and to, I will send you some of these pictures. You don't even have, have to do phenomenal oh,
1: Facebook. A, what are honest. you talking about, Nathan? You got some pretty bad ones out there too. I mean, I'm not sure my they, hair.
0: Well, there was. I got some pictures of you at Kindle with it was getting pretty long. Your hair was starting to get a little...
2: Yeah, but your hair stood up six inches on top of your head. I mean, Did I you may, bleach the tips? I, oh, yeah, it was bleached. Yeah, oh, may, yeah.
0: See, that's not even the worst of it. I may or may not have also used a flat iron, so... <laughs> get out of town. You were
1: like the youth speaker Ignatius. I
0: <laughs> <How> was like Ignatius. <that? laughs> <laughs> Raising a generation of flamers. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, all I'm that sad. to say, you we were trying to relate the gospel the first century gospel to a 21st century generation, and that was bringing God's kingdom to them. And so I, I would say you start with that, and then that helps, I think, helps me to explain, and I think helps bring perspective to, okay, where where does that purpose um, fit with, uh, we'll just go right to, you know, being a, an American citizen. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we've argued and, and different things to be clear policy wise when we vote, we probably vote mm. verbatim.
1: Yeah. We're very um,
0: similar. A hundred percent. And I, and I actually think voting is a stewardship issue. I think we yeah, that's a good get way the opportunity it. to vote. We have to vote. Like I, I'm not ever in any of my arguments suggesting we completely disengage from right what we can do. We are a government of we, the people. So that primarily happens through our vote. Um, I also am not saying uh, that we wouldn't get engage in conversations to persuade people or to learn from people. Where I think the line gets blurry is um, how I, particularly how I use the pulpit or the platform I get because of ministry. I would say that is first, foremost, primarily, if not only, for the gospel. And I want to preach the gospel to people on all sides of every political argument. And I want, I, I want to... That, that, that's my first and foremost um, goal is to get the gospel to them. Um, secondary or further down the list is to, to um, preach partisan politics or, or to bring that up. That's not to say I won't talk to moral issues. Um, moral issues such as abortion such as uh, homosexuality, LGBTQ. But even in the way I talk about those things, I, I want to talk about those things. Um, and remember, there's human beings that are sitting in my congregation who've had abortions and um, who have a loved one or are they themselves struggling with things. So I I need to speak in a way that is is caring about that. Not dance around the issue. Um, but, you know, so that's that's... My my personal point of view, I think what sometimes comes across on Facebook is and and w- what really caused this episode to happen was um I posted something this is months ago now, yeah. uh, and it was the verse where Jesus is talking to Pilate and he's saying, Hey, if if my kingdom were of this world, my believers my my followers would be coming at you right now. I'm, that's the Mike paraphrase version. They'd be coming at you. Um but it's not of this world. And I posted that, and I basically said, hey, if you think, you know, um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was it was directed towards people, so, you know, or, you know, it wasn't directed yeah. towards you specifically, but people took notice of that and thought all of a sudden, you know, what's going on at Life Church, You know, because you got Pastor Micah saying, you know, engage, lots of things. Engage in politics. Politics, yeah. and then Pastor Mike saying this, yeah. you know. And I think
1: that just was... I think from your post, it was more like, don't don't be concerned and engage in politics because we have a higher agenda and a calling is is probably what it was perceived as. As in some ways, people could probably see my post and say, all he wants to engage in is politics. There's no gospel. And I think both are probably wrong. I think both, I don't think I saw it as you were saying, ignore politics, but I think it could have been perceived that way. It could have been saying, hey, the gospel is the most important thing. Therefore, just kind of, Don't like there's no there's no point in engaging in politics because we are called to a higher out of this world kind of kind of focus. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm never I'm never wanting to say we should be completely disengaged. What really even that post itself and some of my other posts over the last year or two was really more aimed at a lot of Christians have gotten to I mean, they're panicked when they saw what happened with the election in 2020, I mean, just uh, really worried, really panicked. And it's more like, Hey, do you think God's surprised by this? Do you think that this, you know, did, you know, did the Democrats pull a quick one on God? You know, are you, what are you worried (laughs) about? You know, we're still, nothing changes about why we're here, what we're doing. And so a lot of my posts were more aimed at that and, and really trying to say, Hey, don't get so shaken by this stuff. Um, but uh yeah so a lot of, I think there were a few people asking like what's going on and um and honestly I mean we we don't agree on everything and we, we and I think that's okay yeah. the reason why we decided to do this was we wanted the church and whoever else to see we what it's sti- like to have we
2: can still be friends
0: <laughs> no seriously we're not canceling each other <laughs> right, right yeah, well you know? yeah. and
2: and it's and it's too you know how do you discover the right place to stand uh, if you don't, if you don't argue it out to some degree, um, you know, if you're, if you're hyper one way or hyper the other way, uh, that's, that's more of an extremist position kind of on a pendulum. And, and that's very normal for people to swing on a pendulum. Um, did you just say pendulum or is it pendulum? I, what did I say? You say pendulum. Pen, pen, pendulum. I'm, pendulum. I'm sorry. <laughs> was, I've sorry. never heard it's pronounced that way. Pendulum. pendulum. I, I, I apologize. Um, but the uh, he's been drinking too much Guinness. No, <laughs> <laughs> not true, not true. Don't call the superintendent and tell him dude, that. That's a problem I don't need in my life right now. It's swinging on the pendulum of you guys. <laughs> Swing, this pendulum. So, uh, so, anyway, I, I think, guys, though, without argument between Christians, we wouldn't even have America. I mean, there were Christian brothers all the time that were discussing. Well, what's the best way to do that? I think there's a dif- a difference in the definition of what is politics, and I'm glad you defined that, Mike. As hey, I'm not laying off moral issues now. See, I could say a lot of the things I am mad about uh, in way of politics, or you know, concerned about, or whatever. Those are those are because I care about the poor. We we talk about gas prices. Well. I, you know, inflation and gas prices and bad energy policy is a tax Moral on poor people. Moral issues. Do, yeah. do we do we care about that? Have, Socialism have you ever, is, have you is. Ever read the
0: book "The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels"? No, it's an excellent book. You should. Mm.
2: Yeah. Will that will that burst bolster my argument?
0: It would totally bolster. <laughs> oh yeah. <your laughs> All right. Well,
2: I, you know, I, yeah. I appreciate knowing that before I read to find out if it's crap. No, but no, anyway, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Crud. It's, it's not. Crud. Crud. If it's crud. It's not crap either. <laughs> I, I just kind of, I think that we've defined, when I hear that people say like the, the abortion issue or the homosexuality issue or whatever, these are these are political issues, and then say that people, the, the men of God or the women of God that are in leadership in the church don't have a right to speak on those things. That's where I'm like, no, 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 no. We have every right to speak. I think the I think the question that I have, Mike for for
1: uh, for you is, what do you th- what do you think is off limits from the pulpit? Is there anything as, that should be off limits from the pulpit? I guess I've always looked at the pulpit and said that's the one place where nothing should be off limits. How could how could anything? How could we say there's any boundaries from that perspective?
0: Well, I think the boundaries would be. You know, of course God's word. Right and God's word in context. Um, I think those would be the boundaries. I I know and, that's and very very well, broad brush. And
1: I agree but, with that. Like I'm not saying like, hey, we can just talk about anything, but I'm saying doesn't doesn't the doesn't God's word address everything?
0: It does, but it has to be in context. Uh for instance, and uh, <laughs> I, I've heard you say Uh, I quote Isaiah 9, the government shall be on his shoulders, talking about... Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, prophetic. Okay, but that's actually talking about the government of God's kingdom. It's not talking about the United States government. Right. So, like, when you quote, I mean, it has to be in context. And so, you know, you can use any part of the Bible to springboard into any topic you want. That doesn't mean it's actually in context. And pastors do this the world over. That's why we do expository preaching at life church because it kind of keeps us from getting onto our soapboxes which easily can happen when we're we're doing that. So i would say that, that you know the boundaries are god's word in context. You know like for instance we did a series and we talked about uh, sexuality. Uh, scripture's brought us to that and it gave us the opportunity to speak about all the confusion there is about that and that was that was um that was given to us by by the scripture, so we could talk about that. Um, when it comes to issues like abortion, there's lots of scripture, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, but especially Old Testament, where they're sacrificing their babies to Baal and and uh, the evil that that is. Um, there's there's scripture that can address these kind of moral issues that have become political issues, but they're still actually just moral issues. And I just think that the Bible in context is the boundary, um, and then. I think you know the more I've thought about things, but you know, kind of going into this, uh, when I do take issue with politics coming up in the pulpit from anyone, it's more about how things are said than what's said. Um,
2: so it's not the problem with truth; it's the grace in which it's delivered.
0: I think my, my problem tends to be more about how things are said than what is said, um, and I don't have a specific example for well, you today. But do you
1: think? Do you think the the, the audience matters in that room because Noblesville, where I keep, where I'm a campus pastor, at, is very different than Eagle Creek, where you're at. I don't think I would probably even preach similarly in for, as far as like style and things. I would look at the the demographic and the the audience that is there and say, Hey, they're Where are they in their in their walk? Where are they in their life? And what's going to hit them? And I think I think that's a good point. I, I don't I don't think that necessarily you have to deliver it the same way that there's not, there's not a one deliver fits all one deliverance right. fits all right. Yeah.
0: And, and for, you know, for what it's worth, you know, I, I listen to you preach. Uh, I try to listen to all the campus pastors preach and uh, you know, I don't, I don't hear you crossing lines very often. The issues we've ever had has normally been on social media. So, <laughs> so, um, but you're right. It's, it's, you know, you have to take your audience into account. So for instance, you know, when we were the face mask thing was an issue. You have, yeah. you know, Hamilton County sheriff's like Psh, we're not even going to enforce it. I'm in Marion County. I had Boss Hog Hogsett yeah. over there, and he actually issued a mandate before the governor did, and it was it was a different world. Yeah. I hate bringing up masks, but it it was it's a good it's, example. It's yeah. a really clear example of you know of at that time the three campuses of Life Church. It was very different at at Different campuses, how that was being handled, and, and I want to say too, I think you
1: handled being in Marion County with the masks. You handled it well. you You honored, you honored the 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 people well. I think by saying, "Hey, we're we're going to stand on liberty and freedom, but we're going to we're going to you know ask that you do this. We're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna." We're not going to hate anybody if they if they don't, but we're going to ask that you do this because we've been asked by our city to do it. It wasn't a it wasn't a die hard like do this or else. Whereas I think that's how you handle well, it. right? yeah,
0: but but it was it was more about um, it was less about you know our city leaders asking us to do it. Although that's a whole other conversation yeah. that could be had about honoring leaders and whatever else, and we don't necessarily need to get into that. But for me, it was more about. The people at Life Church in at Eagle Creek were they were more concerned about this. Yeah. They were just more, before even the mandates happened. They they were talking to me about you know there's so many people here without masks and whatever else. And so there were some that were worried about that. So when especially when the mandate came out, um, what we did was we asked anyone serving to wear a mask because we didn't want to put out a, a stumbling block for somebody. And uh, and you know that that was worried about that whether or not they should be that's a, we'll, we'll get there but right now this is what we're gonna do but then we also did mask and non mask seating sections which ironically there were people on both sides of the mask mask debate that were upset about mask and non mask seating and it was like look I'm not <laughs> you're sending, damned if you do you're damned well, if you don't <laughs> the bottom line is like I'm not sending anybody away yeah. If they're not wearing a mask, I'm not telling them you can't come to church. Yeah, right, like, yeah. and most people wonder when I said that out loud. They're like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's you're, you're probably right that's for fair. doing that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so, but, um, but that was it was it was different in Hamilton County, right? And so, um, back to your point, you know, in different settings with different audiences, yeah, you definitely need to consider your audience yeah. and, and what you're saying and how you're saying it.
2: Well, it's kind of interesting, and we even started with you know, the conversation about missions, because really what we're talking about are cultures and what, you know, whether it's youth culture or whether it's uh just different sides of the city. I mean, you're in Pike, Pike township. You've 62%. got 70, 70 different languages spoken in Pike township. 62% not us citizen. Right. Wow. So, wow. so there's, you know, there's feelings on issues that very much range because of, of the constituency of the people you're trying to reach. When I used to be at Eagle Creek as a youth pastor and, and I was doing ministry out of that location, we had tons of, of uh, we had a ton of Hispanics that were coming into the country and some were coming in very illegally, but then we had this huge ministry uh, that was reaching Hispanics. And so we had this mama and this papa that were in the church and then they would take them aside once they've come to Christ and start talking to him about their legal status. And we were helping people to get legal. Okay, you came in illegally, but but as Christians we need to obey the law. Now let's go back and do this. And it wasn't even driven by the Caucasian people in the church. It was the Hispanic Christians right. in the church who were who were reaching out to help these people. Right. You, you saw that issue a little bit differently because you're doing ministry down in that body and you love these people. These people have names mm-hmm. and faces, right? So you're like, okay, how do we, this, I'll never forget, there was a, a woman who snuck two kids underneath the fence that were two and four years old, but they were grown up in the church. They had been there for years, you know, how do we, how do we help them and where do we go from here? Well, people would say that's a political issue. Well, it's also a discipleship issue. Mm-hmm. It's also a following the Lord and 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 so you have to walk through different things differently in different cultures to, to to be a part of the overall making disciples. You know, we're called to the kingdom of God, but we're also called to make disciples. What does that look like for these particular people?
0: And that's a good issue to bring up because it's, it's no different now, by the way. And we are working on trying to find a way to create a path for people at Eagle Creek um, because 62% not U.S. citizen, I don't know how many of those are here legally or supposed to be here. Uh, but but, even, but they, some sorry. of them, you know, many love the Lord yeah. and are looking for a church. And we're trying to bring them in. And you know, when I have conversations about citizenship or getting visas, a lot of the times there's uh, there's basically, hey, I've, I have to leave the country to be able to come back legally, and then that that's their roadblock. And you know, I'm, I don't, I can't imagine what it's like to be in their shoes. But where that then becomes a political issue is, you know, you've got different candidates saying different things. And honestly, we could get into a whole nother episode talking about it I think I think uh, immigration is one of those issues that's that's very handy to keep around and so why hasn't it been solved why hasn't there been I mean it doesn't seem like it should be that hard to figure out a solution for this and yet it helps people get in office but that's a whole other well, abortion's the same thing same, same with yeah. abortion yeah. absolutely so but you know when there's rhetoric that goes out like you know I just want to send them all home and you know, uh, or, you know, we just want to accept them all in either way, like these, these big extreme blanket statements. Well, then you have, that that puts me at a, you know, pastor in an area where there's a lot of immigrants. Uh, it puts me at a, in a strange place because I don't, I'm in your, I mean, technically whether or not you're supposed to be here, I'm in your community now. Like I came here to do ministry for you. So, um, you know, what does it look like to you if I get behind a candidate that says he wants to send you home, quote unquote. Um, And I get behind that candidate because, you know, all the other policies I a hundred percent agree with. I also agree. We need to do something about immigration. I don't necessarily want these people to go away, but it's just, it's a difficult spot. Oh, it's, it's hard because, um, because, you know, I'm here to minister to you guys. Like I'm, yeah. God placed me here. Yeah. You know? so. yeah. And you
2: know, the Holy Spirit is convicting people. Uh, you know, our nephew Noah, I, in, in full transparency, if you don't know him, uh, Mike and I are, are, are brothers. He's, he married my sister. And uh, we have so a nephew. So
1: technically you aren't brothers, brother, because that would be really weird if
2: your brother married your sister. Yeah, he's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So (laughs) I just want to
1: clarify that so people don't be like, oh my god. But our our nephew
2: (laughs) our nephew Noah married a girl and her dad had that kind of story Mm -hmm. uh, where where he came to the US illegally, he he ends up getting saved because somebody comes in and just keeps ministering the gospel to him, and then he makes the determination before the Lord of what he needs to do. Does he go back to his country? When he goes back, he's married an American, he's got a baby girl who Noah ended up marrying, and 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 how's he going to get back? Because he feels the Lord's called him to minister, but the Lord worked that that thing out. He ends up coming back where they told him it'd be like five years or six years or whatever it was. God God worked that out. And we're, as pastors, we're always trying to help people to obey the Holy Spirit in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, even if that's not popular with policy.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, you have to remember that there's a there's a trust in in God and all of that right like okay if you're here illegally trust the lord like honor what god's word says first his word says to obey the laws that are placed up over us mm-hmm. romans 13 commands us if it's in context with his his holy word if it doesn't go against his word we are to obey the law of the land and so as you as you walk this path out you have to remember that god is in control honor God trust him that he will make all things work together for good to those who called who are called according to his purpose and I think that's maybe sometimes where policy uh, where, well where Christians tend to lose sight of the end game here they see they see politics as the government doing all of the hard work, Things that's really complicated, very divisive. The church should just be doing the work of loving everybody, and it's the easy work of just telling everyone Jesus loves them. And I, I don't think it's that simple. I think you have to go back and you have to look and say, Hey, this is all interconnected. And then why you brought up Isaiah nine six, the government shall be on his shoulders. Well, you have to remember God created three institutions in the Old Testament at the beginning of time. It was, the, it was the family first, the church second, and it was the the government third. You go through Genesis and Exodus, you can mm-hmm. see those those three institutions that are created they all are interwoven and they this we don't have the luxury of saying i'm going to be in one and not the other god is calling all of us to be in all three you're in a family you're supposed to be in a church body and you're all living under governance now like, I, you know i don't
2: disagree with that
1: remotely and and so every single person and believers has that especially christians they have to see themselves as we are called to steward those three institutions. Uh, everyone is if we steward them differently i'm going to say like my what god's called me to do in this world is to be the tip of the spear in the governance to to really call out the wickedness kind of like john the baptist calling out herod to go in and say listen there's wickedness here you're wicked you're wicked you're not wicked and you're wicked you know what i mean like and and basically saying you're living under you're, you're lying to the people and you're not doing what the Constitution says, which is by by God's word, it's a, it is a system of governance that he has placed up over us. That's what Romans 13 says. So you are not honoring God's design for all of this. And some pastors and, and Christians don't like that I call people out, but I think that's what God has called me to do. Now, I don't think, Mike, you are called necessarily to do what I'm to do. You said earlier, voting. Voting is how you see stewardship. God's called you to steward this nation. I think that's, that's 100 accurate. I think some people are called just to be educated voters and to vote in, from a godly perspective, and and that's your that's how God's called you to steward company. With me, it's it's a little different. I think it's it's, it's voting for sure, but it's also a command. God saying, "Hey, you're going to be more in in the the." the you're going to be in this fight. You're going to be in this battle a lot more than maybe the average pastor is. And what kind of annoys me sometimes when, when other pastors, you know, come at me and say, what are you doing? Stop doing that. You shouldn't be doing it that way. Or I'm kind of like, listen, dude, I'm not telling you how God's called you to do it that your way. Stop telling me how I'm supposed to be doing it my way. Cause I believe I'm taking this, my marching orders directly
2: from the Lord. But, but, but in some of the way that even here on Jesus Sex and Politics, we challenge pastors, stand up. Yeah, you know, stand up, do this, don't be afraid, lead here. Here's why we believe what we believe. Um, you know, that could be interpreted by somebody who's not as maybe maybe engaged as we are in that conversation that that there's failure on their part. And I don't think that's what we're trying to communicate. But we are definitely trying to inspire courage to speak up on things that need to be spoken up on.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, and this is where it's hard to talk, like you know, to to address a quote unquote disagreement because I do think we need to be, you know, boldly talking about things. We we do need to talk about sin. We do need to talk about hell. We do need to talk about these things. But we, where maybe there be a disagreement is. For me, I believe we always start with the gospel. You know, going back to the immigration issue, I'm going to start with the gospel before I talk about, are you supposed to be here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm going to talk about the gospel and get them there. And then, really, just using that immigration issue, assuming there's a genuine uh, reception of Christ, the cross, and therefore transformation, I don't even necessarily have to bring up their immigration status. Like, you know, talking about Noah's father in law, for example, or even, uh, it was Paquita, right? From, mm-hmm. and, and her Never husband, known. uh, Ramon, uh, from Eagle Creek, helping people get their citizenship. I mean, how much better is it for the Holy Spirit to do the community? For it? that, for, for the, yeah, or even, you know, Ramon and Paquita than, the quote-unquote white pastor guy saying, okay, now that I got you saved, you should probably get out of here. But <laughs> you would know? you,
1: let me let me <laughs> just, let me play, uh, you know, maybe a different perspective, uh, uh, maybe an analogy here. Would you do the same thing if you had a guy who didn't know the Lord, he was having an affair, sleeping around with all these other women, neglecting his family, he comes in, he gets saved. I mean, yes, God could convict him of that, but would God maybe use the truth of his word being communicated from the pastor that he of the church he's going to to begin to direct him in the way that he should go? I mean, would you, would you kind of use that same, like, I know politics, immigration, that's kind of the thing where, like, I'm not going to tell somebody they need to get their legality, uh, you know, right as a pastor. But, boy, we're quick to tell husbands, you know, who are having an affair, stop having an affair. Why is that any different is my question. Why is one... We talk we would can we would call that out like
0: t- today if we mm-hmm. knew that was happening I actually do think they're different I mean I I, I get that sin is sin and, and somebody's breaking the law over here um, uh, but then you have you know here's an American citizen cheating on his wife and, and whatever else I do think they're different I think they're um, there's far more complication to the immigration issue you know, for instance, maybe this is a family that came here because of the abuse they were getting from a husband or somebody that you know they were they were trying to get away from a situation like the, this other situation. There's just a lot of variables that we don't know about. Whereas if we're just confronted with a, an obvious, blatant lifestyle, flagrant sin, then yeah, you know, <laughs> of course, again, assuming there's a genuine. um conversion in that man's heart there there shouldn't be a whole lot of discussion he should know right. but but you And know. I
1: think I think you're thinking like okay we would be blasting the man who's having an affair and blasting the person who is here illegally. I don't think you blast either one of them if they genuinely came to know the Lord, it's a it's a gentle leading, right? It's, it's like It's the kindness
2: of God that leads to repentance. Yeah. so I definitely think that has to be the heart when we're on a, a policy issue as pastors. Let's 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 go back to immigration because we, we've been there. You know, uh, I think all three of us, if we weren't if we weren't born as American citizens and we were we were in some very very desperate place, we'd all try to get here. I'd never fault anybody for trying to get yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. What we're asking them to do is follow the law. Now that's going to put you on a very long process. And, and, and the truth is we've got, we need some level of, of good immigration, bringing workers in because we have too many jobs or we have jobs that, that certain Americans, they don't want to do. And, and the reality is whether, you know, uh, however we got there, we, we, we need to keep this economy if we wouldn't have killed 60 million of our own people through abortion, we might have them to fill those jobs right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't have any problem with immigration. I just want you to follow the rule of law. And at the same time, because there are people who are following the rule of law and they shouldn't be penalized because they're obeying the law. And then to reward people who break the law is only going to cause more people to want to break the law. Yeah. And 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 so you talk about fences and you talk about all these things that are are structured. We we have a healthcare issue in their country where we're paying for for people to run to the emergency room, which is the most expensive way that that they could possibly get health care when something happens. So all these things move from one thing into the next thing into the next thing and there are an issue where I go, it's not right to tax a citizen more to take care of what government refuses to take care of well. So we should be after government on that because it's an issue of stewardship. And you say we, you mean pastors. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Christians but uh, but so many times I think that that Christians don't venture into certain areas because their pastors won't won't venture into certain areas. It, it's like we're no, don't talk about that. If you talk about that, you're going to hurt the cross. I don't know that that's the case. I actually think that we help society in general, we we help
0: peace by talking so, about these issues. I will agree with you on that, a hundred percent. I would say, yeah, is that hundred percent though? Because you saying... I would, I would comes say I would the ninety nine point five. I actually think you're you're <laughs> gonna agree with I, What what I'm gonna add to that, <laughs> I would say, um, that there is a place and a time and a context for the pastors to talk about that, so that um, people who who are steeped in the narrative, the false narrative of opposite sides of these arguments, um, that there's the relational construct that can support that conversation. In other words, um, if I'm talking to a general broad audience, kind of like we were talking about before, or I'm on my social media and, uh, and I'm talking to a huge audience. That's probably not the place to necessarily get really pointed because we're, we're not going to be able to have a follow-up discussion with somebody who just now assumes I'm racist because of, you know, something I said um, versus, you know, having a one on one conversation or even inviting people if you wanted to if Pastor wanted to say, Hey, we're gonna have we're gonna have a small group or we're gonna have a special service where I'm gonna talk about some of these issues and I would love for you to come and we could we we could ask each other questions and learn from one another. Even that would be good. And See, and, and I and I think that that's that context is so important and it doesn't always happen. Um, it,
1: it is, and I, the only thing I'll push back on you a little bit, Mike, is say that I've I've seen that used as a cop out for pastors to not engage at all because they'll say oh, they'll say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna voice my 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 opinion of truth on uh, or what I know to be true because God's Word says it's true. I'm not gonna voice it on social media because social media is a terrible place to have a conversation with anyone. Well, yes, it is. It is a terrible place to have a conversation with with someone. Absolutely. However, it is a forum. And that's what I keep telling pastors and, and Christians: like it's a forum where there are voices, and if the church is not present in that forum, then just be assured that the devil's going to take it over, and it's only going to cause things to get worse. And it's gonna that cancer is not going to stay in that
0: forum; the cancer is going to begin to spread into forums where you are. I 100 percent agree. We need to be in every forum. I, I mean, even as a uh, you know, a former youth pastor. Um, I remember when Snapchat first started becoming a thing, and Snapchat, I mean, there's some major dangers to Snapchat, right? Um, But we had this big, drawn-out kind of debate among uh, pastors and youth pastors about whether or not to use that in youth ministry, and and. My argument was we absolutely need to use it in youth ministry. We need to be in every... We need to make sure there's not a single social space. You are willing we're, to give China your guys' information? No, I'm not TikTok. Snapchat. Oh, wait. Snapchat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, that, oh, okay. Sorry. Wrong wrong social well, media. Well, in any case, t- I mean, even TikTok. But I, I think I agree with you. We need to have a presence in all these places and not have void anywhere. Um, but how I talk about it on social, how I talk about things on Facebook is different than how I talk about things even in this podcast or how I'll talk about things in the uh, the uh, pulpit or how I talk about things in a small group because of the generality of the audience, so to speak. So so this is a big, broad audience. There's people I don't even know that are going to read this, people that don't know me. I'm probably going to stick to some basic gospel truths uh, for the most part because of that. And then if if there is a a discussion to be had, I'll I'll slip into a private conversation, and we've, I mean, all of us, I I know, have done that once, one one time or another, like, hey, I'm going to say this, Uh, you know, I'd rather you not comment, but if you want to slip me a private message and we can discuss this, let's do that, Um, because we don't want it to turn into something that is not, so, yeah, we definitely need to be on those forums, and we shouldn't cop out about things, Uh, but, Like we talk about, we need to... Know your audience. Consider the audience. And then... I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And then I think, you know, in our context, it even gets, I think, more complicated because now we're five campuses and... um, I'm
2: doing ministry in different parts of the city. Different different
0: parts of the city and the online campus, different parts of the world. So now we have to think about that. I, I
2: think we definitely have to think about it. Don't get me wrong. However... When we say Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, our biggest uh, thing I think we have to look at is how would it be done in heaven? What's God's opinion on on how He would want us to relate to our fellow man? On you know, I, I, I bring it. What what's God's what's God's view on life? What's God's view on uh, protecting yourself, protecting your family—you could take any issue, and that's where the question has to. What's get back God's to.
1: view on taxes? Yeah, there I mean, you go. Like, What's God's yeah.
2: view on good governance? Yeah, um, and and come back to the issue and say, okay, well, let's talk about that now. In my home, growing up as a Peternell, every single time we sat down for dinner, we were arguing about something, and it was arguing over a, a policy how does the Lord see that?
0: And now, now I go to the table and just bring popcorn, you know? <laughs> you, oh, Mike, when Mike came the in, bombs. that's exactly <laughs>
2: what he did, Micah. He, he, he came into our family. He would start yeah. a, a battle like, just to watch it erupt. So and how about Caitlyn Jenner the room? You know? Oh, it was just like that. But, but the, the thing about it is it's the discussion of it. And I would say that Facebook, I, I think you're really, uh, accurate in saying it's not a great form for changing each other's hearts and minds. I think that's far more face-to-face, one-on-one, and in private. Here's the thing, I think, with with communication, and I'm not going to get these percentages right, but I I thought that that, that only 7% of what you actually write on, or uh, of communication, is actually the words you say. You have body language. You have tone of voice. You have you know, the, the context of the conversation. All all of these things that have to be considered into your audience, which goes to the beauty of what Jesus told us that when we offend one another, how do we make that right? Well we go one on one. Because when you're on Facebook, you're in a forum, but I'd almost like to say you're in the you're 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 in the Colosseum. And now everybody comes together to see whether you're going to tear each other apart and you have to get defensive. You've got to like, your pride comes all up into play on whether you're going to defend your position and win. And that's where I don't think that Facebook does a good job of helping us to really change people's hearts so much as sit down and discuss privately because everybody has a measure of pride. And you can actually turn that person to seeing your point of view when you follow the scriptures that says, come, let's reason together. Let's sit down about this and talk about this. And maybe one other witness and try to to, so, to, to help people get to a new understanding of what does the kingdom look like?
1: One of the things that, to that point of the Coliseum picture, uh, I someone asked me a long time ago, they said, Michael, why do you engage on social media the way do you, that you do? Because you're not going to change that person's mind. Like the people that are, that I get into debates with, um, who this is are a great point. Yeah. And, and I said, I said, I'm not trying to change their mind. What I'm doing is I'm trying to show those who are watching how to defend truth. That's right. And, and that has a great value. And they're, I, 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 the Lord told me a long time ago, he said, Micah, you have to teach people how to defend the word. You have to teach people how to defend what's right because they're getting attacked and slaughtered by the demonic spirits right now through the voices that they've, they've, uh, uh, taken over in our culture. And they don't know, they, they don't know how to push back. And I've heard so many people come to me, um, who said, Micah, I, I can't say anything publicly. I can't. I can't, I'm not allowed because of my job or just my circumstance in life. I cannot say what you say. But I knew that that was wrong, what that person was pushing. But I didn't know how to defend it from a biblical perspective. Yeah. And then I watched your conversation play out through maybe 15 or 16 comment threads, and I... I learned what God's word says and how to defend against the same talking point that I'm getting shoved down my throat when I'm sitting around a, a Thanksgiving dinner table with family members who are anti-God, anti-American, anti-everything that has to do with good. And I don't know how to defend it, but now I do because I saw how you did it in the
2: Coliseum for all to see. When when UFC came out, people didn't know the terminologies. Oh, he triangle choked that guy. Oh, that's a Kimura. You know, <laughs> they they didn't know that's a guillotine choke he just did there. You know, they didn't know twenty twenty can can. Wait,
1: is that is that bike? I don't know. Uh, what that is. I think that's anyway, snowboarding. You
2: bike. you uh <laughs> you have to watch it for a while before you learn what's keep of oh that guy's on his back, but it doesn't mean he's losing. Yeah, he actually might be in a good position here, and you could still. Attack that that thing from that place. I think I think there's a lot to what you're saying. As as preachers of the gospel, we can't ever forget that we're we're also soldiers of Christ. So there is an aspect of you know, hey, watch as I fight.
0: Yeah, I think you know you asked about uh, Nathan. You asked about okay, so we want heaven on earth. So what would that look like? Mm-hmm. I think you start with all the all the times Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like. Mm-hmm. And, and you go through those and you start to get an idea of what that really looks like. And I think that's where, you, you know, we we could have a whole discussion on that um, rather than necessarily is, you know, using that as a, as a reason to, um, you know, talk about politics or policies. Let's look at what Jesus said about what the key kingdom of heaven is like. And, and, you know, to your point, Micah, you know, like teaching people how to fight. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to, I'm just going to be honest with you. I haven't kept up with you like I used to, so you may not, I'm not saying you're doing this, okay? But in the last few years, in general, okay, so I'm not aiming this at you, in general, when there's debate online, it's kind of crossed into this visceral, we're attacking the people who believe things rather than the ideas they believe. I try very hard not to condemn
1: or attack the person just the ideology or their go
2: after agenda but 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 still see not saying i'm perfect i i mean i could i'm sure i've done it but i yeah
0: to be i mean to be honest it's hard not to because you know the side opposite of what we would vote on is typically they wouldn't say it but they're they're normally attacking the people yeah sure they disagree with I mean, and you're a
1: racist. You're a bigot. You know, you're a you know,
0: yeah, homophobe, character. xenophobe, yeah. right? At all of it. So, so when you're being attacked that way, it's a lot harder not to, you know, be in kind. But we, it, it just it's risen to a level where it's visceral on both sides. And I brought this up the last time we we talked. Um, but it's just a good example. You know, you were upset about the halftime show. Uh, for the Super Bowl because we had artists up there who, you know, wrote a song, F the police. Right. So that's, you know, one side then, but we, now we've got on the other side, you know, let's go Brandon and all that happening. Right. And, and I, I, I think that whole story of how let's go Brandon happened is hilarious, but you've got, you've got, it the, almost this, sounds
2: like you're cursing the president of the United States. I mean, well, and, and I mean so,
0: everybody loves it because that's what it is doing with with
2: with it's 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 staying it's saying shoot instead of the the other word that it might mean. You know, like the SHIT shoot word. It's 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 like a crap. replacement. It's a crap? replacement for a curse. I mean, you know, my, my wife, I'll be honest with you, she despises let's go Brandon. I mean, she despises Let's go and and I've always wanted to use yeah, that. Hey, I would, uh, well, you finally get to use your button. I didn't know that um, was button that was right. there. Yeah. Uh, so when, so
1: shoot is another word for. I,
2: yeah, well, <laughs> we all have filler words, but the the term is, you know, is there is there
0: filler words? <laughs> what are we filling with?
2: Well, they're Slang. slang. manure. Slang. Shoot! Crap! Dang! <laughs> all those things that that uh, that tick off certain son people. of a beep. No. <laughs> He never said anything. I'm right here. Yes, he did. Or maybe he did. I don't know. No, it was never said. I said, "Get your finger off the behind. I said, Behug. Okay, but but the the point is, I I I think that that's a good point to bring up the visceral side. We have listeners, I guarantee, who love Let's Go Brandon, but when we would we we also need to have that challenge to some degree that goes, um. The Bible says that blessings and cursings are not to come from the same source. And can salt water and brackish water come from the same source? So there is a challenge that needs to go back into us to go, are you speaking life or death? Because even though we may have a bad leader,
0: do we have the right to curse that leader as believers? Well, just another human being in general, because even as I, and I do this, as I've when I think about whether or not to bring that up in this podcast, I think, well, um, you could make the argument that he's not our legitimate president. So definitely let's go, Brandon, (laughs) right? Well, just... He's still a human. He's still a human being, you know, and regardless of what you believe about what happened with the election, he's still a human being. And that's... My point isn't, you know, I'm not here railing against that. I'm just saying that happens because you've got the one side coming, and now... You know, a lot of what people liked about Donald Trump is, is he was, he was very confrontational and we haven't seen that in a long time, but it became, it kind of, it's grown into this real visceral kind of a way to engage. And, um, so when we're, when we're teaching people to fight, you know, and again, I, I'm not aiming this at you cause I don't, I haven't, I haven't read what sure. you've posted in a while, but, um. We, we, need to, we need to teach them not to be that way, you know, and to rise above that, attack ideas and not people.
1: I'm going to push back on that a little bit though. Oh, well, I'm sorry, not attack ideas and not people. I'm going to push back on not being that way because I think you got to remember that fighting isn't a bad thing. You fight for what, you you hold dear you fight I mean God fights God, uh, Exodus um, fifteen three the Lord is a warrior the Lord is His name He He fights for those that He loves and the things that He upholds is true and right and so I think we want to we want to say hey no there's a time and a place to be a peacemaker Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God Peacemakers make peace they don't keep the peace That's they exactly make right. the peace you make the peace by fighting. And you make the peace by going to war and and stomping out what's evil. And I I look We're, at Elijah, Elijah on Mount Carmel. He mocked the living daylight out of
2: the the prophets of Baal. He did. And Jesus calls names. Yeah, right. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Yep. He called names. Yeah, but, he he goes after certain things. But who does Jesus corruption.
0: call names? The Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. The but, religious people. I I mean, I just think that's worth pointing out because he wasn't calling uh, names who you know. The the degenerates, so to speak. But, well, I, wait, but, wait, Elijah, wait but Elijah
2: did. Uh, yeah, and so did Solomon. Whenever he calls them fool over yeah. and over I and over. You, but again. I'm a Christian. I'm not a Solomonite. Well, oh Sol- my uh, gosh! Uh, I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> is Solomon is uh, the writer of the Word of God. <laughs> I get He you. wrote Ecclesiastes, I get Song of Songs, Proverbs, the, all of those things. That's still the Word
0: of God. I I equal get you. in authority to to the things. So, in the but New when Testament. I look at who I'm modeling my my life after, I'm looking at the person of Jesus Christ I know he's the word but I'm looking at the person of Jesus Christ and how he approached his mission on this world so
1: no I I would push back on that you're not looking at the full person of Christ if you're looking at how he approached his mission on this world you're looking at the Lamb of God You're forgetting the Lion of Judah because he didn't come when his mission, when he was here physically, he didn't come as the Lion. He came as the Lamb. What The problem with the church is that we we tend to look at Jesus when he was just here on the earth and we say,
0: that's what we have to do. Well, you're only getting one aspect of his character. Well, the the church is the body of Christ. So we're God's expression of Christ to the world. Right. He brought the Holy Spirit to convict the world, not the church, by the way, the Holy Spirit to convict the world. He brought the body of Christ to show the world who Jesus is. Right. And so when you look okay, so if I'm looking at who Jesus is, I get that he's the lion, but he's also the lamb. And and when he came, he came to give his life up as for the him. lamb. Yes.
1: That's why and so that's why he said, If my followers were of this world, they would they would come at you because he was to, to your point, I don't know if you said in the podcast or you no, said this it earlier. No,
0: pregame, but it, it would be the, the there was arg- thing he said that you said that would <laughs> yeah, have been good yeah, for this. Yeah. That's right, yeah. The, the yeah. argument
2: on that is that Jesus is going to the cross. He had to go to the cross. At that point that he's saying that, he's saying that I, if I wanted to prevent going to the cross, I mean, Jesus only has to call out on the 12 legions of angels and, and, and he's out of there. He he doesn't do it because the point was to die. In that case, in, in that per- particular context, the, the point is to die. Is he saying... Um, never fight Christians, well, that would be hard to believe that that is what he's saying there, because in the book of Jude, we're told to contend for the faith.
0: Well, I, there might be a little straw man going on there. I'm not saying you never fight. What I am saying is that, I mean, one of the whole reasons he went to the cross was because the Jewish people wanted him to overthrow government, and he wasn't going to do it. Well, because he's come to be a better king than that. And he also was saying things like the kingdom of God is here. Right? it's here in the midst of this corrupt world and the Roman government and everything else I have brought the kingdom of God and so it it transcends everything else around them so that it, it exists no matter what the worldly government situation is that you're in the kingdom of God exists and that's what he's saying I brought this kingdom and and
2: without a doubt Mike I 100% agree that that's the kingdom he brings without a any, any argument. Um, it changed everything. Uh, if you want to look at what, what were they trying to get out of Jesus... Some political leaders, some well, you know, you're going to be the next David. You're you're them. they overthrow the, they, Caesar. They had the wrong look at Jesus. Jesus came to do far more than than be a temporal king, right? He he's he's the greatest king ever, and he sets all men free by by what he did. They wanted him to do something else, and I think that is a great. Warning for us, in politics, it's not all about politics. It's not all about the United States. That's why we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus is the righteousness of God. So if we keep our eye there, I do think the kingdom of God's effect on society is that it begins to address injustice and, 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 and moral sin. And it has to, but sometimes you get you have to go after the immoral justice as it comes up. I'm reading this book that I was telling you about beforehand um, by, by by John Patton, and he was a missionary to Vanuatu. Well, um, to take the gospel to a heathen nation like Vanuatu, where um, at that time, you know, the first missionaries that get off the boat get clubbed and eaten within minutes, and then. And then they're, they're, they're strang- oh, if, if, a, if a warrior dies, they strangle that guy's wife because he has to go with them into the afterlife. Or the beating of women and, and the abuse how, of women how, as, how as did slaves we get here. Well, because here, here's why Here's Donner,
1: why. party of five. Donner, party of
2: five. Here's, here's why. Cannibalism. No. The right. missionary to bring the gospel to them first had to talk to try and save lives that were that, that they had to address that moral issue. It actually gave them a platform for people to say, tell me more about this Jesus. They didn't accept Jesus right off the bat. And going into a culture, sometimes you have to look at what's wrong in the society and begin to speak to that with a better kingdom-minded way before they will even listen to who is the king. And sometimes God does that differently. And God spoke to my heart and said, you think you're in a Christian nation, but really America more looks like the heathen nations of old. They have forgotten God. Mm-hmm. And so we have as as pastors really in many ways, we're almost missionaries to cultures where where we have to be able to speak all these things the right way to get them to Jesus.
0: So I would say we're not almost missionaries. I would say we are <laughs> missionaries. And, and actually, that goes all the way back to the differences of different parts of even our own state. Mm-hmm. Like um, <clears throat> when I was doing my work on my thesis, it was on culture. And it, you really have, as... Uh, Differences as big as you would have if you went to another country in Central America from Indiana, you have the same gap in some parts of Indianapolis and Hamilton County. Like it's that different when you talk about the percentage of people who are not from the U.S. and all all these different things that are happening. And so I would say we, you know, we're not almost missionaries. We are missionaries, uh, especially when you get into some of our higher you know, more densely populated areas, uh, we are definitely, definitely missionaries. But um, you know, to go back to what you were saying, I think you know you want to talk about justice, right? Like, yeah, we need to speak to issues and 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 talk about justice. I think and. I'm, I'm going to cross the line here. Like, there's a lot of people on the opposite side of the aisle, social justice warriors, who would agree with that too. They would just want to talk about justice in different topics, and we would want to talk about justice. And sometimes their topics are valid, and and sometimes they're not. And sometimes our topics might be valid, and sometimes our 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 topics are not. My point being is that yeah, let's talk about justice, but let's not make it partisan. Okay, fine. Let's talk about justice on all sides of things and that might actually bring people to Christ when I think of social justice warriors you know it's that, kind of they've kind of gotten a bad name because I mean the fringe they're honestly a lot of them have gone a little off the reservation I'll say that in all Christian love um, but years and years ago that whole thing that whole movement started you know with um, addressing bullying which, was an honest issue that needed to be addressed that then got hijacked into homosexuality. Now, bullying is all about bullying homosexuals, but now we can't just talk about bullying. Now it's about that. And so that's kind of spun out of control. But if you go back to its roots, the social justice warrior was talking about something that needed to be talked about. And that's kind of an example of my problem with politics because politics has turned a real issue that we could maybe address into something I can't even bring up without being put into a late, like if I want to talk about bullying, all of a sudden, you know, oh, you're a social justice warrior and you're, you're woke or whatever else. Um, and so, yeah, we do need to address justice. And sometimes starting with justice does get us to the gospel, but that doesn't always mean, um, you know, something partisan on the right side of politics. It means, all justice. And also, by the way, you talked about peacemakers. I agree with you 100%. Peacemakers are not peacekeepers, but I would just say peace, and I've said it in sermons multiple times, peace isn't the same as appeasement. You can't have peace by just saying, okay, um, I disagree with you. You disagree with me. Yeah. You stay over here. I stay over here and whatever else. That's not peace. In yeah. fact, a lot of times... That leads to more conflict. Well, a lot of times it's, you know... You, you That's can, what
1: happened with Ukraine and Russia, right? Ukrainians said to Russia, no. you guys just stay over there. You, we'll stay here. You can live in a How's house. How's that working out? You
0: can live in a house full of people who are silent in the name of peace because yeah. they don't want to argue. And you walk into that house, you feel anything but peace. Mm-hmm. I, had a friend, peace. I had a friend who said... He got divorced,
1: uh, and he said there I asked him a couple years after he's divorced, I said, What happened? He said, We just for the sake of peace, we never addressed any of the issues. Yeah.
0: And so when I, I actually talk about this, I mean it comes up anytime peace in the Bible comes up, it becomes a little bit of a soapbox for me because you cannot have peace without justice.
1: That's right. And you can't have justice without conflict.
0: And you can't have justice without conflict. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I like this is an example of what I'm saying, like we agree, but I—I I, I, going back to when there was issue. It's just been so long, <laughs> so, like you and I. Yeah. Like, I don't even—I never even really saw it as
1: an issue. I—I I saw it more as two like iron sharpening iron, and there's sparks flying. It's loud. It's brash. But to me, I never took offense to it because I know you, and I'm like, dude, we can we can hash this out all day long. We can go to we can go to blows. And, and you're making me think, and I'm making you think, we're having to go to the scripture and say, what does God's word say to back up the point that I believe to be true? Now, it could be wrong, but if God's word is is saying this, then I believe I have, I have the upper hand. And then you come in and you say, no, I think God's word says this. I've got the upper hand. That's iron sharpening iron. That's a good thing. Well, and it's the,
2: it's the friction. Yeah. You can't, you cannot have that, that lethal edge put on, on the blade without the friction and the sparks flying. And so many people are saying, no, you can't do that. Cause that sounds like conflict. Actually, that may just be us reasoning
0: together. Well, and I, and I think that's, this is why we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. because um the church and the country really need to see um what it looks like again, not to just put them put ourselves in an echo chamber or create safe spaces for ourselves away from anybody who disagrees with us and and exist together, worship together, work in ministry together and and have conflict. Yeah. Um, where where that doesn't mean just because we have conflict that now we can't work together or just because we have conflict, we can't worship together. I mean, if we really got down to it, if we got to know everybody in our church, we would probably find conflict with every one of them and we wouldn't be able to worship with anybody. And so that, that really goes back to why I think we did this was we wanted to, we just wanted to show people, hey, it's possible to... To wrestle with these things, and you know, you going back to the passage where Jesus says, "My kingdom is not of this world." And Nathan, you and I talked about it beforehand, and I said, "Well, you know, if if we can't agree, can we agree to disagree?" And and even that's a temporary thing. I think I'm fine agreeing to disagreeing right now. One of us might be right, or both of us are completely wrong, and we're totally missing the mark. But we're both trying to understand the truth. We're both following Jesus, and I believe I. I Nothing that you've said today makes me think that man's not a Christian. Yeah, <laughs> he, he doesn't believe in the Lord. Yeah, you know, and, well, and I don't know. There's Guinness in
1: cussing over oh there. I God. don't know what that. <laughs> just, that you know could be <laughs> trying to
0: give you some Irish Again, history. <laughs> so, but um, but that's that's the problem that we see today. Is anytime you start to get into a little bit, you know, we jump to things like, oh, I don't even know if that person really believes the same God that I believe in, and. It's kind of ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Well, and can I let me just throw
2: this in? Uh, Because culture is so different, and that's really the term missionary. Missionary gets into uh, the idea of going cross cultural. Uh, And in fact, missions departments at, at Bible colleges actually changed their name to cross cultural ministry because. When you're going across to a different culture, all of a sudden you do become a missionary, which means you have to consider how do you frame this so that people can understand the truth of Christ. I think all of us want to do that. When you're talking to your own culture, that's not so much missions anymore. But because uh, people can live in the same town and worship together which is an awesome thing to have the diversity in worship. But you are talking to different audiences and must consider how do I frame this in a way that that like Paul said, I will be all things to all men that by some means I may win some of them. So it's not easy to be a preacher if you're out there listening to this, if you could pray for us right now, that that would be great and continue praying for us. We won't say it perfectly all the time, but our heart is to push people towards the good news that Jesus is where everything starts in way of experiencing the 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 life that God wants for us,
0: and I, I'm really thankful for you know I think I think we have an exceptional church. I, I think we have people that are that make up our church that are just exceptional, and uh, and I've I've been very privileged to minister. I would say that about every church I've been in. And here at Life Church and in other churches I've been in, there's times where I've misstepped in what I said. And there are really great loving, supporting people that would come up to me and say, Pastor, I don't think you meant to come off the way you meant that you came off. You came off this way. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what you meant. And maybe you you could say it differently. And and that was that's been so helpful, right? Instead of you know you know, Grace hearing me is say so much something better than and campo assuming, culture. yeah just assuming yeah. oh well he just he's a hateful person I'm leaving his church you know and I'm going to go on facebook and talk about it you know instead <laughs> of that you know coming coming to me and say hey did you mean to sound that way cuz this is how i you know felt like and i'm just so thankful for people like that in life Amen. church and every other Amen. church i've been in mm-hmm. that um when i do say something will say the wrong way or in a way that got in the way of the truth I was trying to convey, you know, they help and they help instead of just, you know, write me off. Well,
2: consider the body of work too. They say that the number one fear in America is actually public speaking. Because when you get up there, you spiders, no, it's, it's public speaking. Um, And, and you, you, uh, you've prepared statements but you don't not everything comes off perfect when when you're saying that and so just a little bit of grace you could give to your pastor is consider the larger body of work and and then ask is that what you know about their character don't try to play gotcha politics with a statement
0: mm-hmm.
2: um but but sit down and have conversations with people because there's probably a way that that would that would definitely bring peace
0: i recently saw um i i, I follow um a profile on Instagram that it's it's just memes, it's Christian memes, but they do a segment called Awkward Sermons You Can't Unhear. <laughs> <laughs> and they're hilarious. And the last one I saw was uh it was he was the guy was talking about Noah trying to get people on the boat because the world's gonna flood. And he goes, You know what they said to Noah? <laughs> and you can't see me right now, but the guy said you He's know doing said? this. <laughs> with his hand the guy the guy the pastor said, "You know what they said to noah and then he 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 held up the bird to the whole church <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, I appreciate he's trying to make a big point and a memorable point, but man, I don't know what would have happened, you know, to him after that. Could you imagine? Oh, my. (laughs) Here. So, yeah, that's. Well, This has been a lot of fun.
1: It has been fun. Did you hear that pastor once? uh, It was that black church and uh, he was like talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is the new F word. It's the new F word. So so he's like, call up your ex and say,
0: F you. Forgive. I forgive you. F you. (laughs) Stand up. Look at everybody (laughs) in your aisle. Say, F all (laughs) your Forgive yeah, that's forgive
1: you. That's funny. Well, we'll get yeah, emails. There's about that a one.
2: lot of people who are getting on. uh uh, on YouTube right now, looking for that, you're gonna laugh. It's, it's really funny. It you
0: look up the new F word, forgive, <laughs> and you'll find it. It's a good times. It is hilarious,
1: but I think that's the that's the joy of following the Lord. Is there's laughter. There's 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 sparks. There's conflict, but through the conflict comes peace, comes uh, resolve, and and comes this. Uh, the, I mean, your strength. I would say you're stronger for what for that conflict. And I, I think that's what's awesome about being, being a follower of Jesus and knowing that Jesus is the lamb of God, but he also is the lion. He's, he's a hundred percent, you know, perfect when it comes to being a gentle lamb, but he's a hundred percent perfect when it comes to being a a lion that will defend his, his, uh, his children. And and I think that's just, you know, it's so cool. It's It's neat to do ministry with both you guys and, and uh, love it, I love what God's doing at yeah, Life amen. Church, it's the missions outreach, and um, hey, I wanted to ask a question here. I don't want it to lead into a long conversation, so just real quickly, as a pastor, when it comes to politics, is it okay? Is it okay to tell your congregation from the pulpit who you think they should vote for?
0: You don't want this to be a long conversation? <laughs> we just, need another episode. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious because they did that in the
1: early in the early uh, uh, part of this nation. The pastors were saying, these are the people we should
0: vote for. These are not the people well, we should know, vote there for. There are still churches doing that. Most of them are on the left side. Of well, the well, inner city. Yeah, yeah. inner city. Uh,
1: yeah. We yeah, we talk churches.
0: about values.
2: If you can't figure out who to vote for by the values that we tell you about, then... Then you you may you're not you may dumb not understand but where your thinking might be dumb. <laughs> uh, well, we just
0: think you ought to be able to connect the dots at a certain point. That's there fun. have been uh, times in uh, churches that I've uh, ministered in where you know they'll put out a voter guide, a, a, a voter guide, yeah. and here's where each one stands on issues. Yeah. I have no problem and, with that. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's pretty deductive reasoning. Is like, oh well, then we the church probably likes this guy better than this guy. Um, so I we've been in places like that. I've been where um, where I was when Romney and Obama were running. A lot of Christians had a hard time voting for Romney yeah. because he's a Mormon. Yeah. And, uh, and our pastor preached a few sermons on, you know, getting the most God-fearing people in leadership and talking about what it meant to be God-fearing, whether or not you're a Christian. And he looked at... Um, uh, the Ethiopian eudic who wasn't a Christian yet, but he was God fearing. Mm-hmm. And that's why he ends up, you know, Philip ends up going and he gets saved. But um so, so even in that message series during that election cycle, it was kind of like, all right, so who's more God fearing Barack <laughs> Obama or Mitt Romney? Ah, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's yeah. yeah. That's cool. You gotta,
2: you gotta use your head. You can't be a Christian and not use your head. I mean that, that, the reality is, is this is a thinking man's faith That's right. and and it's okay to think and it's okay to argue, uh, is just, just do it with a spirit, uh, that, that,
0: uh, that would honor Christ. And so like, uh, are you going to answer your own question? Oh no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I was just curious what you guys, was, what you
2: guys
1: thought. <laughs> that will be for another episode. This has been a
2: blast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. And We always forget to say, Nathan, subscribe and like and share. So we're, I wanted to get we're that not in great there. No, we're not. So subscribe and like and share the podcast. Tell your friends and family about it. Uh, you know, we're, I think it's uh, it's been cool to see kind of how the growth of the podcast. Yeah, in the last it's been few doing months. pretty and well. Yeah, so we're uh, we're excited to see what the future holds. But, but thank you for uh, tuning in today. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Yeah, we'll do the uh, we'll do the outro here, Mike, and uh, we'll show you how good we are. Hold on a second. Let me wait. <laughs> this has been Jesus, sex, and politics. What if I
0: interrupt ah! you right now?
1: <laughs> I'm Micah, and I'm Nathan, <laughs> and here we talk about all those things
2: that culture doesn't want to talk about. That might scare you, and and Ireland. <laughs> Go have a Guinness. Now I didn't say that. Take that back. <laughs>